accessing library computer data. Hi, I'm Mark Hughes of King of the Nerds and Geek Pride, and you're listening to the Engage podcast. Incoming transmission. Hello and welcome to the Engage podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Jamie. And I'm Phil. And all the way up to Belfast here, I'm uh, Mark. And we have Mark joining us for Star Trek Room 101. I thought, show I came up with last year and thought, we've got to do that. We've got to do that. And we've got to have Mark on because Mark's a guy we met at Destination of Star Trek three back when we first launched uh-huh. who we met the uh party thing and yes, got these guys got phil and jamie into the lynn nimoy talk so yeah, he's it been indeed a bit he's of a, the very reason we got to see the, the, the main man himself that yeah. got these guys in so yeah. i've always wanted to try and get him in there get him on the show to kind of go this is the this is the guy yeah he's the guy <laughs> um, he's the man. He's the he mole man. Used to I, I just, cult friction. It, yeah. Uh, well, actually, funny enough, I, I don't do that anymore. But since they, um, since they did that show, uh, I made it. I was on a TV show, King of the Nerds, and Sky One. <laughs> I also did. Um, and funny enough, that actual Star Trek, that 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 actual that talk, that Leonard Nimoy talk, um, when Leonard Nimoy passed away in in February uh, t- 2015. Uh, a friend of mine who works at the BBC rang me up and he says, didn't you actually speak to Leonard Nimoy? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was over Skype. It was only a couple of months ago. So, And he put me on to producer and I told him all about this. And I was on a flight to Scotland and when I, when I landed in Edinburgh, I turned my phone on and this, uh, this story of me talking to Leonard Nimoy was all over the BBC news website. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he's like, local man spoke to Leonard Nimoy. And I was like, well, I didn't actually meet him. I spoke to him, but I didn't like, you know, I didn't yeah. actually... But they, they were, that was that was good enough, and uh, it worked well. And I, I got uh, I got uh, uh, another interesting off the back of that. I got a newspaper article out of it, and uh, every time something on the BBC comes up about Star Trek, I get a phone call from them, and I get all. <laughs> I swear to God, I've been on BBC Radio Scotland, and I've been on BBC Radio whilst they're talking about Star Trek, which is amazing. I'm on a database. Yeah, I was actually just going to bring that up to you, Matt, because I do because it's weird because you you got me and Jamie in because we all I remember is being told we can't go in. Even we told you because we had the same like, press pass. That's it. And then you went, uh, let's just take the back door, and I'm like, oh, the back door. That's oh yeah. <laughs> so I went around the back, and there we. And I was as surprised as you because I actually didn't prepare myself to actually to be there, and then suddenly. Oh my God, I'm conversing with Leonard Nimoy here. And I nearly cried afterwards. I was just like, it was was magic. Absolutely magic. Yeah, considering the fact it was his last ever appearance as well on Skype as well. It was just even more so. Absolutely. Did did you ask him? We'll always be grateful to you for getting us in for that. So thank you. I, I remember the question I asked him. I asked him. I actually asked him. Um, it's a little bit of it was a wee bit. Of, it's a wee bit. It's a kind of a, a pub quiz question. It's like, what was the first TV show that Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner appeared on together? And it wasn't Star Trek. It was The Man from Uncle, um, the '60s spy uh, adventure series, and it was in 1964. So the first time they ever appeared on screen together was in The Man from Uncle. And I asked Leonard Nimoy, what was your first impression of William Shatner? 
uh, when you do you remember meeting him for the first time and what was your first impression of him? And he laughed and he went, oh God, yeah, that's good knowledge of that. But he said he was only there for a day and didn't really get to know him on the first set. And then, but obviously when he met him on Star Trek, got to know him better and became friends with him. And so yeah, was, and funny enough, I got to ask William Shatner the first, the same question at the at the next talk, the exact same oh. question but reversed. And Shat and, and Shatner said he didn't remember at all. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. He's a bit like that, though, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so, excellent. And I, I, I don't. I, sorry, I think I over over um, talked Jamie there when he was just thanking you for getting us in. Um, but yeah, that's, that's something we, we were always appreciative of, mate. It was oh, a, it was a once in a lifetime, and I'll never forget it. Same here. So as I was saying, we're doing Room One Hundred and One, which, as everyone knows, is a BBC comedy series um, in which celebrities are invited to discuss their Pet hates and persuade the hosts beside those oblivion in room 101 location, whose name is inspired by the torture room in the novel 1984, which contained the worst in the world. As you can imagine with that, you have one host, and currently you have three. So I came up with the idea, so I kind of voted myself as the Frank Skinner host of this yeah. show. And out of the three of us, you are the most of that me. There yeah. is that as well, currently. There is, there is. <laughs> Um, so well, for me it is. <laughs> so I gave these guys and said, "Hey, these are categories we're doing. So the categories are people, shopping, transport, and of the the start uh, the team people trope wild card. card. Anyhow, we room one on one. Anyhow, so it makes sense. And they got back to me with their answers, and we're here. So should we start with which people these guys hate? Who wants to start off with who they hate the most? Well, we've got a couple of different. We've got a couple of different car- uh, categories afterwards as well. So we've got oh, sort no, of I people. Oh, you said them all as well. Yeah, cool. Well, I think I think we should let our guests go first. It's only oh, really? fair. Thank you, uh, thank you very much. Um, uh, again, so I thought about and the first thing. I try to just not overthink these things and just <laughs> jump into them when I when I when I, when I saw the, the list. I just went right here. We go. First thing, oh, and I think it is because I'm fresh off watching Star Trek Voyager, and it really hurts me to say it because I've met Ethan Phillips and I've spoken to him, and it's one of those. This is a weird thing when you go to conventions and you you see these people and you meet them and you get to talk to them and you get an autograph and get a wee bit of chat, or you see them at the talks and you get to know them as a person. And Ethan Phillips is the sweetest, sweetest man. He's a lovely, lovely guy, but his characterization and his portrayal of Neelix really really gets under my skin and it, when I was younger it, I think when I was I think when I was younger when I started watching Voyager it didn't really bother me as much but as I'm older as you know 30 year old man watching Neelix I'm like <laughs> yeah I've I had enough of this character I, really, I have to disagree I do love Neelix but uh, as Simon said in the early he's a lovely or hate it it's a mind yeah. thing yeah you like him or hate him I think overall, I think the one thing I, that kind of bugs me about Neelix is his, his really kind of weird relationship with Tess. I just don't, I didn't buy it. I just do not buy it. I never, and even when I'm re-watching it, I'm like, even as older, I'm like, this is just creepy. And funny enough, I asked Ethan Phillips, didn't you think it was a bit inappropriate at the time? And he went, yeah. <laughs> I did. Well, there you go. <laughs> In his defense, it, his character actually, when, I think when Cass left the ship, his character got a wee bit better and he's a little bit more tolerable. And I loved his interplay with Naomi Wildman. And, and, but I think early Cass, uh, sorry, early early Neelix really bugs the shit out of me. You know? so, yeah. <laughs> I think what's nice about Neelix is the fact that he's just so optimistic about it. When you're in such a dire situation, you need someone there to cheer you up. And you need a local expert. And yeah. he, he was that. He was the embodiment of that, he yeah. He was 
the Delta Quadrant in a person. You, you need that there if you're going to try to get a ship that's never been in the Quadrant like that back to Earth. So I think that Ed was quite a nice thing do for him to actually it's do. It's a bit convenient though, the series. Hey, we're in somewhere we've got no idea about anything. Oh, there's someone who knows everything about this place. No, Let's tag along. Everything. He didn't know everything. He knew he knew up to a certain point, yes. But there was an episode where actually he he wanted to get a map to. Beginning of three. Yeah, fair trade. And he, yep. he there was a point where Voyager was going something beyond. He's gone. Yeah. The next. Yeah. Yeah. Next, yeah. Next the next expanse. expanse. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and beyond that point, he goes, "Well, I'm not used to you anymore. I don't know anything beyond this point." So it was a nice realism to it. Mm. That is kind of, yeah, because you know, you look at it's a dire situation going on, a small shift, and then it's everyone going, oh, that's it, we're going to die. You're <laughs> going, oh, this is awful. Whereas it's you've got Phoenix here going, hey, this is brilliant, I like this. And you're going, oh, that's not bad, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that episode, and it kind of shows Neelix's, you know, he meets a fellow Talaxian, and then it kind of alludes to Neelix had a criminal past, but I just don't buy it. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's so nice. Just, I never see him ever kind of doing dodgy right. stuff, you know? Maybe he, he, he doesn't. I would have had Neelix, if I were to kind of rewrite Neelix, I would have had him. I would have had him played by David Jason and make him just go, just do Del Boy, but do oh, Del Boy. <laughs> Lovely jabbly. Lovely jabbly. Yeah, a wee bit of word, but lovable rogue, but not like too over the top nice, you know. I, I, I'm a cynical, you know, alcohol soaked Irishman. I want a bit, a bit of, a bit of grit. Oh, that wasn't a cliche. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's, it's cliches are cliches for a reason. <laughs> um, Jamie, what about you? Uh, well, my one is uh, Ensign Harry Kim, um, which probably won't be a surprise to most people, you guys. Um, the thing that's frustrating about him is the fact that he had the potential to be a really interesting character. You know, there are moments where his potential does come out, just never consistent. Mm -hmm. And I just found him incredibly dull. At least Neelix had character. Say what you want about him, at least he had character and a bit of character development. Harry just doesn't have hardly any at all. And it's just, you know, the idea of him being like a model officer was, I think you said to me once a long time ago, it was a nice touch. But he he just sort of remained that throughout. He never. Yeah, and that was the problem. He never really grew from There was hits here and there, you know, like, um, oh, um, in the episode The Bonding, you know, when he stands up. Nope. To like, oh, was that my mistake? The Bonding from next year. Oh, that was my mistake. There you go. There was my mistake. Beg your pardon. Thank you. Never have oh, a okay. mistake with Bonding, Jamie. It can go very wrong. <laughs> Okay, the disease. Thank you, Si. Um, you know, we stood up to Janeway, and it's like, I know, oh, I've changed. It's like, I've changed, you know. I'm not the same person. It's like, yeah, that just doesn't true. The whole thing is with this is there was too many characters on Voyager. They tried to kill him off. Yeah, that and made me happy. Well, let's be honest, they had to kill some of them off at some point because <laughs> well, it's like the ship got blown up every five minutes, didn't it? Well, who took up most of the screen time? Your favourite woman and the Doctor. Seven and the Doctor, particularly in the later season. Have no time for, <laughs> for some reason, I, I, I had Doctor Who in my head when you said the Doctor then. I was a bit like, what? <laughs> well, <Huh?"> you know, <laughs> the other thing as well is, what's frustrating is, um, you know, Garrett Wang even himself said it, um, T.E., that he wished his character had more comedy moments, like lighten up. And it's a shame because Garrett Wang is fantastic. He's a lovely guy and absolutely hilarious, yep. you know, you know, such a versatile actor, and yet that's what he got sad with. But, you know, because I have nothing against Garrett Wang. I think he portrayed yeah, him yeah. as best as he could. But the it's, writing it's was hard. terrible. It's, it's, it, 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 don't you find it's very hard when you when you meet these people and then you're kind of like, oh, I hated your character. And it's like, oh, I don't like saying it because like, I've met you and you're nice. And, yeah. But 
Like uh, I think there's a couple of there's a couple of good Harry Kim episodes. I think, but, but then kind of uh, that that episode of just a non sequitur where, where where he's 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 not on Voyager, and then yeah, I mean that that one that one's good. It's under the yeah, it's him Which sort one? of breaking the rules. I think. Yeah, Again, there's some good Harry example. Kim moments. I, I'm gonna argue is Captain Proton bits I think are great, um, and then. Obviously, the kind of weird Fairhaven episodes where he's, you know, um, don't get Simon started on that. <laughs> I actually should have. I actually should have picked the Fairhaven episodes as kind of. Why did I think it's so offensive in so many levels? I'm like, and I can well, definitely have him agreeing with that. Yeah, and it, one, one thing that's me about it is like, there's so much stuff in Fairhaven that's so anachronistic. Like, wait a minute, they've got these cars but it's meant to be in the 19th century or it's not and it's like what what, what? ireland advanced ireland was quite modern in the 20s like you know i don't know anyway. was, it? was it i thought you yeah, still had bales of hay and buckets and... I don't know. It's, it's not like that. Anyway, digress, 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 digress. But uh, no, but lovely just... tangent city is quality. We actually made a whole episode out of it. We did, we did, we, we did, we did indeed. We thought it's about time we did one of those, so we went quite well actually. Um, but the other thing as well I found was his friendship with Tom. It just, you know, these guys are complete opposite. Just never really rubbed off on each other. It's like, would Harry really have been friends with him straight away, knowing his past? Really? Would he have been? It's quite a fair point, if you ask me. That's, that's mm. one of the things I've written down in my notes. Mm. It's quite a fair point, because I think, yeah, that would happen, and it would have rubbed off pretty early on in the show. It just, just didn't. didn't. Yeah. Maybe, maybe because they didn't want to do the same thing with... Uh, they didn't want another Wesley Crusher. They, 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 they kind of wanted Harry Kim to fail. He never was successful in any romantic liaisons. He never got promoted. <laughs> he was constantly... I he wasn't successful either, probably as much. Yeah, and... He brought a bomb onto the ship. Remember that? He brought a bomb onto the ship. <laughs> Mark, I've got, to, I've got to thank you at the moment because you've just played lovingly into my hand with, with my choice. Yeah, I think it's a good segue. Beautiful. It was beautiful done. It could have been, we could have, I think me and you were working together here because we were able to get our characters in. Um, I, I have picked early Wesley Crusher and uh-huh. most importantly... Early Wesley Crusher with his jumpers. Oh, you love him. You love the jumper, Phil. Why on a Star Trek... Sh- two f- couple of things. Why on a Star Trek ship where they all wear Space Age uniform, this guy had a knitted jumper? Not just one. <laughs> yeah, two or three. And early Wesley Crusher is the Wonder Kid. Oh, my God. If something's going to happen, we're going to blow up. Oh, I'll use my brain. I'm so good, I can make it go... I can make it better again. Um... Okay, well, what are all the other technical people on the ship? What about the captain? What about all the other people? No, we've got Wesley Crusher who understands something from a textbook. Yeah, I mean, I think, as Simon said, you need it as inspiration, sort of all the all the children watching at the time. But it did, it did happen. I think they'd used it a bit too much. But in a way, it does tie in nicely to who Wesley did become. You know, he, he was, there was something about him, which you'll see in later seasons. But yeah, yeah true, his, but I just want him to his... fail all the time now. There's just Phil, something about the guy I want him to fail. Here, here's a good question for you, Phil. Phil, you say that it's early Wesley Crusher. At what point in Star Trek Next Generation does Wesley Crusher redeem himself in any way? Well, well, when, is he, when is he mature? Okay, well, I have seen uh, up to season... I'm halfway through season two... Bear with okay. me, Simon. You've seen two. Three. You've seen uh, halfway, two. Th- halfway through season three, sorry. You're halfway through season three, Phil? Well, I just said halfway through season two and I got told off. You're watching three for me, Phil. Yeah, so I'm halfway through <laughs> season three then. That one, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. 
So go on, Phil, you were saying. I'll go through season three, and the episodes I have seen, there is one episode where he become he, he talks to uh, Gynar, and he's, 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 I'm trying to think of the episode now. <laughs> No, he's to, he, and he's, it's this chocolate episode. Guys, yeah, the chocolate mousse. He's got that girlfriend. He, he almost becomes non-knowing there because he's actually got a proper <laughs> uniform on and he's actually he's actually being normal and he has is a he, nice. Is it him acting his age, Bill? Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In a roundabout yeah. way, yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I do agree. There are episodes, even actually, even like in the same season two, there are episodes where he's actually acting his age. It's like, oh, I'm saving the ship every other day. And I think, you know, they there are hints even in early seasons, you know, where he's like that. It's quite good. He loses his sheen, though. That's the thing. Mm. Like, with, with nearly Harry Kim, it's the other flip side of the coin. So with nearly Harry Kim, he's too quiet. And then you've got um, Wesley, who kind of saves the day. But he loses that sheen quite quickly on. Like, it's mm. like season three. I yeah. And I think behind the scenes, I think behind the scenes, you had because Wesley Crusher, as everybody knows, uh, is Gene Roddenberry's middle name was Gene Wesley Roddenberry. So Roddenberry put the character in as a kind of what's in the writer's circle, which is known as a Mary Sue character. And he was <laughs> and and what does affect people off quite a lot is the fact that he is used as a Deus Ex Machina. He saves everything. He saves the day at the last minute suddenly he's the one who can work out how the things were. And it's like, what? Nobody buys it. I think as the writers kind of like, the, you know, Berman and all the guys took over Trek going into season three and four. And they really kind of got rid of that kind of that Mary Sue, you know, the character who's perfect and perfect. And then you get episodes where Wesley Crusher actually kind of rocks. I, I love the episode The Game. I think it's a, and that's, a, that's, a, that's one of his finest moments. And then you see, oh, obviously, Last Duty. Oh, sorry, sorry. The First Duty, which is a brilliant episode. Last Mission is also a good episode with him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, he's a flawed character, uh, uh, you know, but I think those flaws come through and, and, and he's actually he's more human. Uh, as yeah, the, I agree. Uh, and it's, I, I think, and then one other again, kind of doing that thing where we're kind of where we can't separate the actor from the character. I think it's because you know I think rewatching Next Gen, um, I think because Will Wheaton himself has become more of an endearing figure within the nerd world. I think yeah. that, I think he's kind of that, that in itself has kind of softened people's attitudes towards him, especially me. I look at Wesley. I, look, I love Will Wheaton. I love his, I his, I love his podcast. And I think, I, for me, has shifted my focus on him. It's, 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 I've lightened up on him now. So I'm, I, don't, I, I never really hated him. I never no, I mean, really I had him. this. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I got to the point where I was a little bit sort of, well, I don't think this guy is very nice. And then I heard all these horrible things about actually he's a bit of a diva. He's a bit horrible. But I've heard him at a couple of conventions. I, and then I watched him on Tabletop, and I don't know if you yeah, guys are familiar with Tabletop or anything like that, or I don't know if yeah. you've seen nah. it, oh, cool, cool. But when when you're playing games against someone, or when you see someone for an extended period of time, especially when someone playing games with you, that's the best way to actually learn someone's character, how they, how they de deal with a defeat, how they deal with an attack. Those sort of things, a character comes through. And to me, he comes across really all right. So I think he probably was one of those kids that... Yes, I'm a star. Look at me, and then I think he's learned from that, and he's he's grown from that. He's yeah. he, he almost gone from spoiled kid to horrible teenager to actually all right guy. Makes <laughs> yeah. sense. Yeah, I think I think I've made it. Phil, last thing with you is I think season one of Next Gen was, as Mark said, 
is stuck in the 90s. It had that old Star Trek guard in third of the production. Either way, you get the Mary Sue thing with him. Yeah. Once mm. the new guy came in, it all became up-to-date, new, yeah. more how it should have been. Mm. Yeah. So that's why that is it is. And I think, looking at what you've all said, I think, Neelix, you need that person there, just a kind of... You need that alien on the crow, and you need that person that knows what's happening. Those couldn't, otherwise they're going to have no chance. I think, Wesley, I think it's nice that you have someone there for inspiration for young kids. And I think it's Harry Kim. He's not the one I would have chosen, mm-hmm. but I think his character just had nothing going for him. No. He had so little data, data added to him for so long that he's got to go in. So I think Harry Kane's going to go into room 101. Fair enough. No, I think that's a just decision. Because as I said to all of them over the last few weeks we've been doing this, I'm drawn towards something, but nothing's confirmed before we get to this show. Yeah. So I must argue, I must argue harder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I mustn't kind of do that thing where I'm like, I, I say I don't like the character, but actually he's not that bad actually. And then you know, go back on myself. No, to be fair, guys, you do go back. You <laughs> we do, trip you ourselves up. Quality points about Nix. You know, I can understand. As you said, as I said, live near Nix. Is I love him or hate love, love him or hate him kind of thing. I can completely understand that, Mark. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. So next category is shopping. So anything related to Star Trek universe, or something related to Star Trek universe. Should we go in reverse order? Yeah, could do. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, I think it was, yeah, I think it was me. So, yeah, I, my pet hate for it is the pop vinyl. I absolutely detest them. I mean, I don't own one myself, but I've seen some of them online. And I looked at that and I just, they're just not, for me, they're just not very aesthetically pleasing. Like, you know, you've got the big black eyes, which really creeped me out. I mean, I even, and, you know, I mean, I think those sorts of things are more marketed to sort of, you know, to more sort of like kids, I think. Like just the way they're designed and stuff, and like the packaging. Maybe I'm wrong in this, I don't know. But I showed it to my niece and nephew, and the look on their face just said it all. I thought, I said to them, oh, this is going to give you nightmares now, isn't it? Um, and they just don't have any facial expression. And, that, and, and the thing is, if you're, if you're, um, got a, you know, if you're trying to represent a character, like say Kirk or Picard, then you've got to have some sort of facial expression. Otherwise, they. Well, um, Jay, what yeah, I'd say against... Go on. Sorry. What, what I'd say against this is that. I don't understand it. I don't like like certain mannequins, the mm. same sort of thing. I, what I'd say against that is that for their size, it's a bit difficult to put in expressions into them. Mm. And okay. then it would actually make them creepy if they did have an And the mm. other thing I'd like to make more point out is that couldn't you argue for all figure fi- like figure figures, it's very difficult to uh, put the character into it. Yeah, that's a fair point. For not just pop vinyl figures, not for the ones that I've got, not the Tyson ones, but mm. for all figures, it's very difficult to actually that level of detail. characteristics of that mm. character into something that's like tiny. Yeah. I, 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 tell I just thought they could have had something. I, I'm gonna, I, <laughs> I completely, completely, completely agree with you, right? <laughs> to the point, to the point, right? And you can look this up, right? If you Google, I hate Funko Pop toys, right? The first thing you'll see is an article written by me for my blog for geekpride.co.uk about why exactly, I swear to God, it's the top thing, right in, I hate Funko Pop vinyl, and it's me writing about how much I hate them as well. Oh, I'll look at check that out then, you finish. <laughs> I think I know what's going in room 101. Look what my sister got me for Christmas. <laughs> oh, oh, God. My sister nice. got me one of these, and yeah. I, was, I opened it up and was like, oh. 
don't know. Do you, do you reckon? I, I don't know if it's me, but do you reckon they're more marketed to younger people or just me? It it just the fact that they're everywhere. They're just so ubiquitous. You go into bloody. That's, that's what it seemed like to me. It's just like yeah. Just, you go to any uh, convention, you go down to Forbidden Planet, and it's just row upon row of these white. So it must be popular then. Blanks faces staring at you, and I just. I just, I don't get them either, mate. I, I'm with you on that. And you know what? I'm probably I've, shitting myself. I've got an answer for you. I'm with you. I've, I've got an answer for you. It's, how can I put this? Uh, it, the, the rise of the female geek has come up. I have to admit that. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's cutesy. You, know, you remember those dolls? Uh, not dolls. Those little furry animals that they used to get. The little, little toys. They always used to have the little label that stayed on the little collectibles. The bean babies. Beanie babies. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. is the bean babies of the Geek Universe for ladies. You're right, and and it's all and the mo- and the people I know who collect them are all women. You're right. I never, I never, I never thought about it that way. Um, interestingly enough, right. Um, at the time I wrote this article, I wrote this article February 2016, and the most expensive Funko Pop out there is a silver limited edition Batman Funko Pop, 449 pounds. What? God. Uh, I, I never grew. It's too expensive. Probably <laughs> and find. Probably one that's more expensive, but that is going for nearly five hundred quid. Like uh, for the most yeah. part, I I think that I it makes think... them cheap and accessible. Though for the most part, it makes it cheap and accessible, and you can have you can buy some off someone and get something they like for a quite reasonable price. For the most part, I guess. Yeah, yeah but people extreme. are buying it by mistake, aren't they? I mean, I've got one. I've got a. Um... I actually don't mind it. I've got the Darth Vader Star Wars, but it's actually zero one. So actually, I don't know if it's the first one they made. Never showed me that then. Oh, okay. sorry. I've done I've done an eBay search there. A Funko Pop, Funko Freddy Pop, glow in the dark, Bumble, super rare. Sam from San Diego Comic Con, a grand. Oh. And you still have to pay eight ninety nine for the postage. Dollars or uh, or or sterling. Pounds. Sterling. <laughs> Crikey. No, thank you. I just mind blown. <laughs> well, I told you, like I say, they're for the young ladies. And I, um, for some yeah. reason, your fees only just come through. I'm, I'm loving the Star Trek guitar behind you. Um, oh. Anyway, yeah, sorry. You, you, you didn't have a picture earlier. No. <laughs> There's the Adidas trousers. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. Should we move on before... Uh, yeah, before you, yeah, before before Mark's head explodes. Yeah, no, <laughs> look, at least he'll look like one of the pop. Sorry. <laughs> what was your choice? Um, um, I have chose overpriced hungry event organisers. So um, mm-hmm. this is, but that also extends to anything where just because it's got Star Trek in it, they can add a price tag, add a queue, and expect people to pay for it. And half the time, people will. Um, and I, I actually thought of this because, um, and I hate to mention it because a lot of people don't do like it, don't, don't like it. But I uh, recently rewatching a couple of Big Bang episodes because they're just on all the time. Um, and it was an episode where Leonard says uh, that where Penny and Leonard were going to get all, um, uh, signed autographs for her. Um, and he, he, she said, well, will people, anyone want to buy my autograph? He went, well, yeah, I once paid 20 quid to have an autograph for someone I didn't even know because I got in the wrong line. It's it's funny, but actually, how many people mm. out there just do do that? They get an autograph just because they're there, and then they get kicked in the bum for the price. If that makes sense. Or, yeah. Or I suppose I suppose the term is pulled the pants down. 
I just don't get it. I mean, I understand that, you know, Star Trek is a big franchise, so, you know, it's going to make money. It is is a business. But the problem, I think you're probably going to say, Phil, if you don't mind me saying this, I don't know if it's one of your points, it probably is, but um, it's the fact that they've haven't, some conventions haven't found that balance between you know, actually like, for the fans and actually and commercialising, you know? I, yeah, I, I, what I thought was shocking about the last, but just in terms of the price jump, first time I ever got Shatner's autograph was at Destination Star Trek 2012 in London, and I, I paid 45 quid for it. Now, what I got signed was um, on, uh, on, on an LP record of Star, the music of Star Trek, and he's on the picture, he's on the front cover of it, and I got him to sign it. Uh, so I figured that was worth it was good and bad. I remember thinking, uh, with my head on. Uh, and if you ever get an autographs, if you, I most of my autographs are all not signed to me. Well, no, most like most of the autographs are signed to me, to Mark. You know, all the best because they're personal. Uh, whereas if I know I want something to make money, no, never get them personalized. Just have the signature. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Shatner uh, destination Star Trek. I don't know whether it's probably not. Probably not the. It's probably the. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who organizes it or who kind of negotiates this. But he was charging sixty five quid an autograph. I know. And I was like, Jesus. Yeah. Was, I mean, I've had. I've had a couple of Shatners, but I never have because of that reason. You know, it's fair enough. Yeah. He sets the price. I'm not going to complain about it. But it's like the start of my price range. It really is. Yeah, I think, Phil. I think they're just trying to go for something that they know they're going to get their money back for. I think that's what that's yeah, what it's all I, for. I, I get, I get it, I and think, I understand. I know what you're trying to say is there's no soul in there. I, I know. No, I think we've had discussion yeah. before. Yeah, I, mean, I understand I, I there being a corporate, a corporate thing to it, and I understand that the actors aren't going to be there. They're, obviously, they're there to, to earn money as well. They're not going to they're not going to turn up to a convention and not expect to get paid. Of course, fair enough. But there's milk in the cow and then let's do it properly. The best convention I've been to is DST1. And it was it was good. It was fair. The prices were reasonable. Everyone was... It was a nice... When they took your money, it was good because it was still part of everything. It just slowly and slowly has become, oh, wait a minute. There's still money in this. Oh, let's start milking. And yeah. just one final point before I finish... Yeah. It's it's also the fact that who has been the people that have made it so that conventions can happen now? It's the fans. It's the fans that for the last how many years? Before, since the it's since the end of next gen and the new era of start, AJ um, Kelvin timeline. Well, how many years it's is it? Thirtieth anniversary of next gen this year, Phil. Yeah. So what? Twenty twenty five years? Thirty years? The first convention that was ever held was 1970 in New York, and it was huge. You know, it's mm. one of these things. It's been there. It's always happened. And I think the best convention I've ever been to, though, and it's one I recommend. I'm going to plug it, actually. Um, <laughs> I've been to a good ton of conventions, comic book ones and Star Trek ones. The best one I've ever been to is a, is a university down the road from me called Queen's in Belfast, Queen's University. And they do a little mini convention every year called QCon. And it's amazing because it's just about people getting together. It's not expensive, but they put on so much. They put on a comedy night. They put on an orchestra night, playing video game music. And it's about people getting together, cosplaying and gaming. And there's no kind of, okay, there's a few merch stalls. There's a game, a couple of game stalls there and everything like that. But it doesn't feel like your money's been sucked out of it. You, you know, you're not paying for every single thing. Like, you know. Yeah, you're there to enjoy it and get together rather than, yeah. oh, you like want to come, do you? In your friends out somewhere, you know, like, a, a, I don't know, a, a pub or something. Something, you know, just a nice social setting. QCon's magic. If you ever get a chance, in fact, that's probably the best time to come over. QCon, it's 
it's a it's a nice. I would describe it as a boutique convention. It's it's very small, <laughs> but it's just lovely, and it's a good turnout, and lovely people to go to, it, and lovely people to run it. So. I just think it's an interesting choice, Phil. I, I was quite surprised when I saw it. And thought, yeah, same here. Hmm, toughie. This, you know, this one's a real tough one to go for because I think <laughs> there's quite a few good good things to choose from, I think. And uh, so we're say we haven't even gone to Marks yet because uh, something I've something very close to my heart. You say kind of getting into Star Trek in the late 90s, mm. it feels right into what I, what I understand completely what Mark's thing is and I'll let him explain what that is. And I just yeah. sit there going, Boys, you have no idea what it was like in the 90s. No, that's something we in some field would never have the perspective of. Oh, here. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. For me, growing up in the 90s, Star Trek's, that was Star Trek's golden age. You had three TV yeah, shows yeah. on the go, so many movies on, uh, you know, uh, getting developed. And, and, and I, uh, this is this is particular type of Star Trek stuff I collect, actually. This is, I, I, I collect the, 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 the Playmates uh, Star Trek line, and I think they started they started making stuff for Star Trek uh, in 1992, 93. So that's the stuff I collect personally, and I've got a, I collect the the large um, Star Trek models, the, uh, the the slightly bigger ones. Again, and Diamond Select have started doing them now, and they're brilliant. But recently, I've I've just noticed uh, when I went to uh, the Forbidden Planet in Dublin, and there's always a good array of Star Trek stuff you could choose from. Now, when you go down, I was down at the one in London just over Christmas, and there's nothing there. Okay, I get it. Star Trek, Star Wars is more popular, if you know, because it's got a broader appeal. Obviously, Doctor Who is really popular as well. But there's very, very little Trek merch, and you think coming up to the 50th anniversary, there would have been a lot of things. You'd have a lot out there, and I was just, I just. I just felt that kind of just a bit disappointed. I just got, I think we were disappointed overall. There was no TV specials or anything on. Uh, like remember, remember for the 30th anniversary, there was the one Jonathan Ross did. Uh, I don't. Uh, or was the 35th one? It was. There was. I remember they did a whole night and they showed Star Trek Voyager for episode one for the first time. And I always remember that 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 got me into Star Trek. Uh, but I just didn't feel terrestrial sci-fi. Obviously, were pushing it, but they just had a couple of mediocre ads. And, you know, obviously showing marathons, but you know, on terrestrial TV. I just didn't really have the same magic. I don't know. But apart from the convention, the convention was good because we were all together. But. That for me, I think the lack of good merch and what I'm waiting for to complete is an Enterprise C model, a genuinely big Enterprise. And I think that the, I'm loving the Eagle Moss stuff. I've, I've got a Kelvin here behind me and everything. I'm loving the Eagle Moss stuff, but at the moment, and I collect a lot of that, but I want, uh, I don't know. This, 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 I want everything. <laughs> I want but everything. But there you go. That's that's why I just think that that lack that lack from the night. There's been a bit of a drop, I think. But Mark, do you remember in old Star Trek magazines where you had a full page Forbidden Planet advert in the back of it? Yep. And I and I and I video model kit. Everything you could think of. Full page of Forbidden Planet selling Star Trek stuff. And mate, and before, just... and before, and before the internet, I would, I would, I would go down to the post office and get them by mail order. This, that's <laughs> I would write to Forbidden Planet. Um, I remember for Christmas one year, my mom was, just, my mom was just like, right, there's your list. You can write this list. And I was like, taught up how much it costs. Go down to the post office, mail order check, send it, get it in the post for Christmas. That that was that's that was old school. I remember getting I got I had a Galileo shuttle, I had the Defiant model, I had a tricorder, a couple of phasers. Ah, it, was, it was a golden age. I just don't think it just don't think it's come it back. It hasn't got the same feel to it. it no, it just doesn't quite feel the same. Back then, you just walked in anywhere, and it was just 
Star Trek everywhere you look. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been to the Forbidden Planet recently, but the last it's time I was shelf. there... It's literally yeah. like a shelf, and you need to go, oh. That's it. Anticlimatic. And the one, the one that I would say, the, to kind of counter that, though, it's in, if, you do, if you know where to look, if you're looking for some good Star Trek replica merch... There's a lot of people on Etsy and a lot of people out there who are building Star Trek props which you never even thought you'd ever be able to get. And I think the power of the internet's made it that you can buy... I saw a guy um, just showing off uh, like a Star Trek V uh, tricorder, which is rare. Jeez, never see, you hardly even see it, but it's like it's cool. He's built it. It works. You can order them, but they're quite expensive, though. But I tend to mass-produce stuff. There's hardly anything now these days. So. That's, that's the thing. It's like the internet kind of killed what we loved back then. But it, it's also yeah, an opportunity because yeah, yeah. it also gives you a chance to buy stuff that you couldn't mm-hmm. from elsewhere around the world. So there's stuff that you can get imported from America, like the Hallmark stuff. So yeah, it's also yeah. an, it's like a double-edged sword. So mm-hmm. it's just got, But you, I think it's just a nostalgia that can't replace. You just can't yeah, replace yeah. it. That's the issue with, like I say, adverts. And it's, I look back through them and just go, oh, they were... That's what I exclusively look for on eBay. I look for Star Trek Playmates. And and occasionally I'll go through and I'll... And you you still get them for good value. The most expensive Star Trek Playmates thing you can get out there right now is the Star Trek Voyager model, which is about... Going for about 400 quid, 500 quid. So if you have that in your attic, that is is worth a pretty penny. I got one one from um, a charity shop, local, and I think the batteries are now dire, but... it, the, the sales do go up. I didn't. It didn't come with a box, but I love the sweet old lady in there. It's kind of went, oh, are you interested in that Sputnik? Are you? And she's sitting going, no, it's not a Sputnik. It's not a Sputnik. If you knew what That's that was, you would that, that is adorable. It <laughs> oh, it's one of those things. It's kind of I've known that it's quite rare. It's like, well, there's that ship in there, Simon. Is that? Yeah, I'll go there. I'll go and get that. Then, okay, fine. Was uh, it? I've, I've got one hidden away somewhere. God knows where I've put it, but I've got a Voyager, so... You have to get out at some point. So, don't you have a hole in your loft? Make sure it's not there. Uh, <laughs> out, of box, out of box, that's worth 100 quid. Just, just it, telling you. But it, it just spoke to me. I read that and just thought, mm-hmm, I know exactly what you're talking about. I no idea where I'm going to go with this one. Because Jamie changing his thing, because he said all vinyl figures... And I own Titan vinyl figures, so... And I actually don't mind them, so... So, if it was all, I would have gone, ah, uh-uh, no chance, because I own them. So that was would have been no go. I'm still in it, I'm still now in the it's pop vinyl, it's got a chance. It's like, I, I don't know! Organisers, yeah, I agree with that. I went through a bit of, of convention fatigue last year. I'm, I was sort of going through that from the then, last one. And then I got nostalgia from Marks. So I, I'm torn because they're, they're all good. They're all too good, people. Put them all. <laughs> so Nobody think... likes paying too much money. It's just We're all holding our breath here. <laughs> um... Drum roll, please. I think I've got to go for Mark. I think kind of... Yeah. Well, I, 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 I have a feeling. That's, that's fair. I think it's yeah. it, not the same. It really insane. It, we're going through a new kind of. It's like Silver Age. It's mm. not the Golden Age. Yeah. No way. We're going through a good period of trek, but it's not the same height yeah. that it was in the late 90s. You know, and I can sort of understand it. Not in terms of exactly the subject, but in terms of like, the nostalgic feeling of something. Like, when I first watched through Star Trek, and my reactions to things that I love and that Simon loved, oh my, what's going on? And that, that, we'll never recapture that again, you know. And it's and, you know, so awesome. I can completely understand where both you guys are coming from in terms of talk. That ties into something. 
Yeah, that definitely ties into something I'm going to be talking about later on. But anyway, I think we should yes. move. <laughs> What's the um, next topic, I forget. Transport. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah, well, we'll lead into that. So anything related to the movement of people in the Star Trek universe. So that kind of left the field right open. Are we going to flip round again? Should we let Phil go first? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't it. think Phil has it. Go for it, Phil. You're up. Well, mine. So I don't think. Um, I think I have to fully explain mine because mine's a little bit on the edge. But you'll see what I mean. Um, yes, one of my favourite characters, or should I say, developed characters, uh, is Chief O'Brien. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because I think that it's. It, when I say developed characters, from what I've seen of the um, Deep Space Nine and what I've seen of the later versions of Next Gen, his character is so much better. But early Chief O'Brien, all he does is press a few buttons and you've beamed him in. I've transported you in, I've transported you out. That's all he does. Yeah. And I'm a bit like, okay, that's that's a waste. <laughs> uh-huh. bear, bear in mind, Phil, is that at that point, he was literally being developed. I mean, it was actually the fans who wanted more of it. So no, and, that, that, and, and we we got that, and we we never want to go back to Chief O'Brien. Where all he does is press three buttons, and he be, beams things in, and he beams things out, and he has the line of "Okay, sir, mm-hmm. beaming in now, sir. I'm having a bit of trouble, sir. That's it. I, I don't like the old Chief O'Brien. I, I even in, even in season two, I have to disagree with that. Even in season two, I had a bit of character. There's that funny exchange with Riker about the Klingons. And even when Pulaski, when she's cast to transport down, because she hates transporters, isn't she? Yeah, but it's, in, nothing, um, it's, it's nothing compared to all the other characters. All the other characters, there's so much more screen time, so much more going on. He's a secondary character. A second, yeah, it's, I know, that's what I mean. That's what I don't Phil. like about it. it, it, it it's uh, the old Chief O'Brien. I, I forget about that. I, I think about all of w- what's happening now, if that makes Colum, any sense. Colum, interestingly, Colin Meany has, is second only to Worf as the character with the most appearances on Star Trek. But it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Are you familiar with Chief O'Brien at work.com? Uh, no, I'm going to have to write that down. Oh my God. Okay, this is going to illustrate exactly what you're talking about. It's a very, very funny webcomic about Chief O'Brien and about how he just stands there in Transporter Room 3 on, on the Enterprise. Um, I yes, I think someone else has said about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, I, th- I thought this is what you were getting at. When you, uh, this is it's basically him, and he's sitting there in the transporter room, and he's there, and he's on his own, and then he, he's just there, and then all, all of the intercoms, Picard's going, Chief O'Brien, can you transport us directly down to the planet? And Chief, he's, Chief O'Brien's like, oh, you sure you don't want to come down to transporter room three? He's like, no, no time, we have to go now. And he's like, <laughs> he's just like, okay. <laughs> he's just on his own. He just looks really bored. Because what does he do? And is nobody getting transported? This is what I'm getting at. This is what I'm getting at. He's such a brilliant actor and a brilliant character that those early days is sort of. And, and I, I, I remember seeing this guy in all sorts of different films. I, I, I mean, there was a, f- a film that I rewatched, the uh, Aircon. I loved him in Aircon. It was brilliant, mm. absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Cole Meany is a is a is a un, I think un, underrated. Well, I think he's underrated and I'm just overlooked. He's excellent. Oh no, actor. he 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 he's 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 well, he's he is obviously regarded over here for. Star Trek and everything like that, but he's regarded. He's a very highly regarded actor over here because he's acted in so many Irish movies, like mm. The Commitments and The Van 
and uh, he's in tons of Irish films. Uh, like he's very, very, very highly respected and highly regarded actor. In fact, I think his daughter went to uni with my sister. Funny enough, but uh, oh, long story. But funny, this is it's the thing. He's a very, very distinguished actor over here. He's up there with Brenton Gleeson. He's so he's kind of like a national treasure in a weird way. He's, he's and a it, very it, versatile actor. I mean, you've only got to go on the IMDb website just to look at his film credits. Oh my God, the amount of stuff he's done or he's doing currently. It's amazing. Yeah. He, Interestingly, he's uh, what was I going to say? He ended. He ended up. Uh, uh, he was. T- he was on an Irish chat show, and they were asking him, "So, what's it like? Do people come up to you about the Star Trek thing?" And he was like, "Funny. When I go to Italy, nobody t- goes near me. When I go to Ger- when I go to Germany, I'm mobbed because you know, Star Trek's massive in Germany. But he's he gets mobbed when he's in Germany because people are just like, oh my god, you know." So, yeah, I've actually said I had the pleasure of getting an uh, autograph, autograph and a photo with him um, at um, DST3. I actually oh, went cool. to his um, his talk as well. He's, yeah, he's absolutely a lovely bloke. Really oh, nice the mind of Irish people at that talk was amazing. We were all like, yeah. Oh, he, he was doing the, he sung the um, Minstrel Boy, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yep. He, he knew most I've actually got a video of that on YouTube. Yeah, he knew most of the words as well. I was very impressed after what <laughs> he, he needed a bit of pushing though didn't he because he said he would he promised everyone he'd do it and then yeah. right towards the end people were like uh, you haven't done it we're not leaving till you do it <laughs> <laughs> no well, it was I, good he, he's, so, uh, he was brilliant because me and Simon met him as well didn't we together yeah. I, anyway, I sorry. just say Phil that I think you haven't seen what what he goes on to do in next gen so you haven't seen the character development he gets and I think it's just nice that you, mm. you see him in the corner and it's just like what what life has that guy got going on? And yeah. it's slowly unveiled, which is quite a nice thing. Because, gets... again, it's the thing of with um, Harry Kim. Too many characters and it won't work. Mm. And they just added him in just at the right point. Where... And build it up at a good yeah. pace. Well, like I say, I've seen him in later on. I've seen the Hard Time episode. I, I've seen, I have seen the odd different episodes of Star Trek that are completely... I've got no idea whether it's series five, six or seven that I've seen him in and I've always been impressed but that's why when I went back to then sitting down and going right I'm going to watch these all in order and then being a little bit disappointed because that's all he did was dum 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 and then brought them in so I think that's what it is I think if I hadn't have seen the other episodes that he was in and hadn't appreciated him as an actor in other things I'd seen I probably would have not worried about it but because I don't know. I'm, I, that, that's the reason why. That's, it's because I've, I've known him to be such a good actor Phil. that to see him do that is. Yeah. You've been spoiled, Phil. Yeah, me showing you hard time, for example. Yeah. Mark, do you want to do your couple now? Uh, there was one. I, I, the first one I kind of just sprung to my head, uh, which I'm gonna. I'm just gonna bring it up, but then kind of strike it out because I understand it was the original series, it's budgetary constraints but it's the, the episode where the Enterprise incident and um, when Kirk brings the Enterprise into the into the neutral zone uh, and Spock is like suddenly like, what are you doing? And suddenly uh, these um, he, Spock goes, oh three Klingon ships, three um, Romulan ships decloaking uh, of Klingon design and I was like, what? And then suddenly you see that they're D7 battlecruisers. And then apparently, according to the, um, the Star Trek encyclopedia, this was due to because apparently the Klingons and Romulans had an alliance at some point. But I just, just find that very hard as well because they're so different. Like, you know, I just don't buy that. Yeah, uh, but then I can't like, say that. And, 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 and in fairness, it's, 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 it's like, why did they use the, 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 the brilliant 
uh, Romulan bird of prey model again? Why didn't they just recycle that from the from from the from the uh, from, from, from the balance of terror? But at the well, same they, time, I can understand it was the sixties. It wasn't the same kind of continuity, and I I, 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 think I, they, I forgive did, that. I think they used two Romulan warbirds, and they used one um, D seven. I think if I recall. So there's, th- there's a mixture of the two. Three D7s. I think it's three D7s. I, I, maybe maybe I have to rewatch it again. I don't know. But um, uh, but I think I'm talking about the remasters. I, I think maybe the original. I think they probably two of uh, three D D7s and they remastered it to, to that difference. I, I forgive that because there's so many things. Right, I, I suspend my disbelief a lot more when I watch the the, next, the original series, and I love that. I, I I actually love the fact that it's it's, it's part of its charm, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I forgive that. So my choice for this is John Harrison Star Trek Into Darkness Planet to Planet Transport. No, just no. no. I remember the setup just going. These people might buy it, not me. No, not, no, get that off. No, just, just they just. Uh, How else do you think he was going to get in the TARDIS? Uh, it just, it just doesn't, just not. No, it doesn't wash for me. I just, as a Star Trek fan for like over, you know. <laughs> it's just like no, I just can't swallow it. I just can't swallow it. And I just and it, it, there was interest. It reminded me of something I was reading about Star Trek: The Next Generation pre-production. That one of the concepts was that Next Generation that in the twenty-fourth century, um, starships would be. But just beam to any planet they wanted to. Then they realized that was just going to be a bit crap, actually. You know, so and and the ships themselves are such characters. You know, they, I, the Enterprise is a character, Voyager is a character. But for me, the whole notion of side to side transport that I kind of I was kind of with the Scotty in Star Trek 2009 when Scotty and Kirk beam onto a ship at warp. I thought, okay. Allow that. You, you can but do that. So many things. So many things. Far. Planet transport from Earth to Kronos. No, I'm not buying it. Just. I think what they're trying to do with that is just speed up the plot somewhat mm. by just gonna kind of go. We can't have him travel there. It's just too long. Why don't we just yeah. bypass that? John Harrison could have invented transwarp or something. He's that intelligent. He could have done that. I don't know. <laughs> No, molecular transport is a pretty far out concept for people to you know, get to their head around. But planet the planet, you know, no way, no. I'm, I'm yeah, but there was an Area 52, it's wasn't there? They had an Area 52. You've got no cars. idea where they've got in them. Yeah. Um, no. should, should be Jamie. Do you, want, do you want to take over a bit? Yeah. Um, a bit of your kind of modified version? Yeah, my, mine, mine was originally uh, time ships, but it, it really what I was getting at was more sort of time travel in general. Um, that's sort of, for me, just time travel. I mean, you know, time travel confuses the hell out of me, but particularly with Star Trek episodes, they never make really any sense. And I'm just sitting there thinking... <laughs> They're easy. I like them. Okay, explain you. Okay, explain episode relativity to me. Do you get it? US, USS that. relativity, the ship, um, Captain Braxton's ship from the 29th century. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, and apart from that, it's the fact is that you know, time travel you can irrevocably damage the timeline, even with the best of intention. It's just such a frightening thought. It's just like I just don't want to go there. Yeah, but they're trained. They know what's going on. They they've been trained at Southfleet Academy. They know what's going on. Well, you're talking about what? Those who... They've what? had training. They know what's Temporal going Prime on. Directive. Yeah. They've been trained with all that one lot. So they know what's right and wrong. We no. don't. No. So we're not meant to understand it. We're not the right every stale to kind of go, oh... And I ate brain. And, well, Jamie ate brain. 
And just a point, I love your note, just kind of... Oh, we go. I dread the point, recruiters as a time agent. Please, please don't. Just don't ever be a time agent, Jamie. <laughs> Oh, what you think you could do better then, do you? I never, I never said that. I never did. I say no, that? you didn't. But I'm saying, do you think you could do better? I didn't write in. I, I wouldn't be recruited. Is it? I'm reading your writing here. <laughs> I don't I, think I, I have read somewhere. I is, want to be one. He's, he's been looking for it. Yeah. But well, no, I, I won't. Just, just I won't. decline it if you I'll ever decline. get. Yeah. But hang on, no, that would never happen. Because then you'd actually have to go into room 101, though. Because then you'd be recruited as well. Yeah. <laughs> then it's oh, three destination paradoxes. Lovely. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's... that's and the other is... Oh, they, we go. You said that they, it has to be police. They have to be based somewhere. Well, yeah, I know they do. That's fine. I've got no problem. It's good it's, as it's it is. Yeah. I'll just... Oh. Time travel's good. It's fun. Yeah. It's because you're a massive headache. You end up just destroying everything and everyone you love. Yeah. Great idea. It's, well, it's like the Phantom Imperium, you know, in the year of hell. Yeah, you exactly. Know, that, that, that's the perfect example of screwing about the, the timeline on a major level, like you know. Yeah. Yesterday's Enterprise is actually fairly simple. Mm. Time again is quite simple. Mm. Yeah. Even the most famous out of a lot, Season Age of Forever, is simple. Yeah, but oh, that poor Coco, that horrible choice he had to make, though. I just, I don't know what I'd do in the situation. I really don't. Trials and tribulations. There's only a few sticking points where you sit there going, that mm. is actually confusing. So yeah. half a voyage is fine, yeah, I'll give that. Yeah. I'll give you, relatively, I'll give you, relatively, good if I got the name right, um, t- um, Future's End. Mm. I'll kind of give that, because that's, you sit there going, huh? Yeah, that's not what you there's, like. There's a, few, <laughs> there's a few I'll give, but most mm. of them I'm quite content with, because they do make sense. It's around one point of change, it's a yay or no. And that's change history. Yeah, so be. most of them are quite self-explanatory. You don't need a degree in mechanics to work out what's going on. It's just kind of, well, she died, that changed history. She <laughs> lived for one hour on screen. That's the problem with Star Trek, is there's too much techno babble. <laughs> so, no, I don't think, see, but I don't. I don't think mine's going to end up in 101, Miss Rand. You knew it was a bit of a kind of long shot, because he time travel. I like it. Mm. So, that was, yeah. Well, me and Mark will get you in it, 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 it's a funny. It's funny you mentioned the techno babble. It's it's like me saying, "Oh, I've run out of gas." But you know what? If I reroute my my radiator into my fridge, then I can actually get you know some heat. You know, it's like that's the way all the starships work. You know, that could be an interesting point if you think, the more I think about it. It's like it's Voyager did allow you know you know it's also doing something about modifying the deflector dish. You know, that's all you need, or like reversing the polarity of the neutron flow. Like Doctor Who, <laughs> you know, it's that thing. It's the, the deflector dish. I think is a big get out of jail card. Like every time, it's like a big thing. It's like, well, what can it do next? You know. Yeah. So who who wins this one then? Sorry, it's not going to be me. I think the say Chief and Brian, you, you see the development, just haven't seen it yet. And next year, Phil, you, you're getting oh, close. I've seen to it. it. I've seen episodes for it, and that's why I, I go back to it. That's why I go but, back to the early days. But anyway, that's fine. Carol, I know it's not going to be me. <laughs> You'll see it. You'll see it soon. I think we know who's won this one. Time travel. No. Yeah, that's a hard sell. Mark, that, I read that and just went, yes, see that. I, that is something I just said. Like, <laughs> it's uh, just catching it, you know? Yeah, Mark can look at it. I just think Simon's leaning towards him just because he's the guest. He's going oh. easy. He's not giving me a point. He could have given me a point and then made a winner out of all three of us <laughs> at the end. Now I definitely can't win. I've got at least one point. <laughs> So I'm happy. I'm happy that one of my things got into room 101, so I'm happy. <laughs> well done, Mark. Well done. It's, as, no, I say, I'm not 
this is on the spear at the moment, what's yeah. been said, more than mm. me earmarking, oh, that one's definitely going in. I, don't, I, I haven't done that. I, I wouldn't do <laughs> so it. So it's the like, my sister said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, last one's a bit of an one. Oh, yeah. Um, is our wild card. So anything they want. And this one's a bit of a weird one because two of them wanted the same thing. So it's going to sound a bit weird, but Jamie and Mark are going to help Jamie's point, but Mark's got a secondary one which he's going to argue independently, and obviously Phil's got his own one. So you'll see, you'll yeah. work it out. I'm Probably. happy. I'm happy. Uh, yeah, I'm. Ha- I'm happy for the the choice to, uh, for our, the double one. Just uh, if you want to go ahead and take that one, and I'll just go with my own. You know, <laughs> I, I'll back you up. Obviously, I'll back you up because, but I completely. Yeah. yeah. I won't fight against uh, it. And no, no, I'm definitely not going to fight. No, no, because I agree. It's just oh, it's terrible. Oh, I mean, I'm going to have to try and fight against both yeah, of them. Yeah, I mean, just defend this it. this episode. I'll just, I honestly, I, I that's, these are the voyages. That's that's it. You know, <laughs> the finale of Enterprise would be erased from existence, in my opinion. It just, in, for me, it's the worst episode of Star Trek. It's it's one it's, I struggle to remain objective about. You know, it's it's a slap in the face. Yeah. My, my first issue is you Go say on. it's the finale, but it was not a proper one. It was never meant to be. It was meant to go on for another three seasons, but it never did. It's like, no. like um, Turn about Intruder. Mm. It's hastily put together, you can tell. Mm. So how can you record it finale if it was cancelled too mm. early? But oh, they, they could have come to it, surely. Do you reckon that was a funding thing, though? Do you reckon that was sort of, with all the money's gone, we can't bother to write it, let's just write something to, to, to crash and burn? No, no, I don't think so, Phil. I mean... My first problem was is it's meant to be an Enterprise episode. It really wasn't. Um, you could argue the same thing about Trials and Tribulation. Ah, but that was a celebration of Star Trek. This was like, oh, crap, we've been cancelled. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, they were both is, written for different reasons. Yeah, you've absolutely. You've got another crew interacting with another crew, but that's the Absolutely. same thing as Trials and Tribulations in a similar sort of way. Yeah, but it was done so much. It was done so much better. I mean, you know, the, the, the fact is, you know, it, you know, none of them are really there for their own sort of finale. And, and the problem I had with, you know, is that Riker and Troy didn't age well. I mean, you could tell Riker. I mean, how'd you get around it? I don't know. It's how you unavoidable. Get but it's the same thing with um, Tasha Yar at the end of all good things. She's got older. Well, so it's not a lot you can do about it. No, I don't, I don't think they're too bad at all with that. But you can't do anything. That's who they are. That's who... <laughs> but I just think Riker just in age would just... And it's like, you meant to believe this is doing season seven next year in 94. It's You've like got to spend a bit of belief. Yeah, yeah. 11 yeah, years. Yeah, this episode, you can spend too much... Believe it or not, there's, there's an actual... Um, I've downloaded an episode... I've downloaded these at the Voyages. There's a fan edit of it that cuts all like the holodeck sequences. It just yeah. shows the whole... And it's, it, cuts it, it cuts it down to about under an hour... But it's basically the episode. It's basically the final episode of Enterprise, but with none of the holodeck stuff. So it's kind of like it's a, it is a fan edit. It, for me, I just think it's up there with. I just think the idea they put it on a holodeck is up there with. Um, is it was a J.R. Ewing? Uh, was Bobby Ewing in in Dallas? It was all a dream type of you know. That's that's it's just. I think it is terrible. Obviously, I understand the restraints the writers were under, but it's it's just. Yeah, terrible. you know that's 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 a fair point. You know, I, I do I do concede on that. So as you said before, you know, with that, it was hastily put together. But there's just so many problems with it. I mean, you know, and the fact is, you know, one of my biggest grievances is Trip. Trip yeah. Trip. I mean, it's not even the fact that he died that annoyed me. It's the way that they. It was just like, yeah, you know, we've been in a situation where we're held hostage by pirates hundreds of times, but oh, there's. 
you know, there's no way to get out of it, even though they've been in the same similar situation dozens of times before. I know. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I've got to I've got to make sure Archer gets to his speech, which we never hear anything of as well. Again, I know you're constrained by obviously time for the episode, but he's like, he, I know that. But you don't even hear a sentence. He's like the bit the speech that's like the like the founding of the Federation. It's memorised by school children for centuries to come. And yet we hear not even a sentence, not even. Yeah, a it's like it's like you know, it's like going to see Lincoln give the Gettysburg Address four score, and and that's it. You don't even hear that. Yeah, it's maybe it's best left to our imaginations or something. I don't know, but I just and it said Trip's death as well. Just just didn't make any sense. It's like you know, it's pirates and ball. Where the hell were the Makos? Where was the security? You know, if they, if they were defended, there would be no impact. Hmm? If there was Makos there, there would be no impact. What of Trip's death? Well, just those two being undefended, there's no, there will be no impact. The thing was, his death didn't anyway. They sort of brushed over that no, as well. Didn't. I think they Archer did. Archer trip scene. It's quarters. One scene. It's just like. Yeah, but pacing. You got to be fair. Nah, just doesn't, just doesn't ring for me this episode. But I will say, I will say, um, in defence, Simon brought up a very good point, which I will, uh, which I did concede on, was the fact that because when I first watched it, I thought, no way does Riker's issue of disobeying all orders with Picard in any way mirror what Trip does. But Simon brought up a very good point in the way it sort of does. What was it you said again, Simon? About it? You said it kind of does sort of mirror in a bit. you got to re-stretch it a bit. But yeah. It does kind of add up a bit, but it's a bit yeah. convoluted. But you can make that stretch. Yeah, you... I mean, I will concede on that point. I do, I do agree with that point. But just other things like, you know, none of the, none of the Enterprise crew got any promotions in, what, 10 years? Harry Kim, Star Trek, Nick, the uh, original series crew, didn't. Well, right. Like f- three years. So, mm. that's not uncommon. And how the hell, and how does, how does the ship, the pirate ship, catch up with Enterprise when their top warp speed doesn't even Trans- match? out-of-date information. I, 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 he hasn't spoken for 10 years, yeah. so he could have got a new ship, and they, he doesn't know. Mm. <laughs> I have nothing to add, really, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really. I said we were being so. I knew. I knew we'd, we would get quiet. You know. Again, I said. It's... You bring up um, chef. Well, there's no camera on board. See so someone talk to. Um... Well, yeah, but right. Yeah, okay. Riker takes on the role chef. Yet never did it. Cre- it's an in joke. It's an joke. I'm not playing a toilet. It's the whole thing of that. It's a whole in joke of kind of. Yeah, this but... whole thing you hear about him, but you never meet it. It's less. Yeah, I can see it's that. Star Trek humor. I can see that. But the fact is, they, can, they go to advice, and never in the four years did they ever go. Oh, I went to advice to chef about this. Yeah, but you never go to the toilet in Star Trek. But they, they're there. They exist. It's yeah. the same thing. Didn't ring true for me either, unfortunately. The one thing I do agree with is the look of the Enterprise D. I, I don't yeah. get that. Yeah, I thought... Most of it, I can look of it. Yeah, there's something weird about that, wasn't there? I, they that was... it. Going, you produced that show, get it right for the show. I, I personally think it's something to do with the fact that... Uh, if you ever notice that you, when you're watching Trek Next Gen, it's it, 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 and it, any kind of DS9 and Voyager, or, 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 and I was watching this, I, was somewhere, I think one of the actors was talking about it, it, it's filmed with a very soft lens, and then Enterprise, I think, visually looked different because Enterprise was the first Star Trek show to be uh, is be done in the letterbox format, so it wasn't done in the uh, in in the square box standard television format. So I think, yeah, I think seeing the Enterprise D in widescreen and in high definition is a bit weird. It's the thing that in the brute in the turbo lift, it's like carpeted, and then next gen, it obviously isn't. It's totally different. Yeah. 
and you're just sitting going, when did that happen? <laughs> I got one, I got the seed on so one thing at least. So it's something, I say, like I said before, it's a fair point. It's mm. something I don't get. It's one small sliver of thing that I do get. Because mm. it, it's so weird that you produce it, but you can't get it right when you're... <laughs> rebuild that's it. the thing I think my point is it, it seems inconsequential but when you've got so many problems with an episode everything that, that small effects just magnifies it again yeah. with me I don't have much of a problem I can explain most of it away though what I will say as well which I didn't put in my notes but I will bring up as well is the fact it was quite interesting seeing from the 24th century perspective how they viewed the 22nd century so when Mark or Troy says oh you've got to push the button to get out of the room and things like that I thought that was quite a nice as well but that's really all I can say. Have you both yeah. complaining? Yeah. One yeah. done. <laughs> no, that's it. You've, you've, that's um, it. Can we? Should we have more complaining from Phil about? <laughs> yes, yes. Solomon's heads about to right. explode. The, this, now this, this actually, you t- you two are going to be impressed about. I, this harps back. To, this harps back to the first time that I ever saw Operation Annihilate. <laughs> oh, here we okay. Go. And all I ever kept going on is, is why are we being attacked? By pa- by pavement pizzas, <laughs> and Simon and Jamie said, "Watch it back again, and you'll think differently." I have now seen the episode three times. I've seen it twice with Simon and Jamie, and I watched it again this week. Okay, and still crap. It's flying pavement pizzas. It's <laughs> so you're, so you're basing the whole episode based on the look of a species, how it looks. Yeah, it, it, not the I mean, messages in there or anything. Okay, or, I mean, okay, well, we'll atta- attack of the zits then. Why? I don't no, get it. It's does... such a when when they attack people and it's like, oh no, it's like, okay, that's just funny. Could be worse. Could be like the other argument. kind of massive Star Trek trope of the sentient gaseous entity. You know, that start. You know, that that's you know floating cloud of gas. I, I don't know. I thought I, I I remember seeing the pizza, the 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 the, 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 the little pancakes on fishing wires. And, uh, it's not my favourite episode, but it's, it's an interesting. What they're actually called. But yeah, I'm going to fall back on your argument, Mark. Budgetary constraints, yes. Phil. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I quite like the idea of endless cell, like cellular yeah. brain going yeah. through the galaxy. That's the right idea, like they had a mission mm. mission log. I think that's such a cool idea. Uh, you know, just kind of this whole thing moving and like a plague, you know, a plague of locusts going through space, going to uh, the planet. It's, it's, that's not, I mean, you see a plague of locusts, you think, oh, crikey. Um, let's, let, okay, this, this is going to be bad. You Run see away. those things coming at you, you think, right, who's just been sick? <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> Phil, is it, though, it's, it's your argument against like black and white films and it's that sort of no no, i don't even think it's that i just think it's sort of like if you're going to write something uh, that the and and call an episode operation annihilate have something that's actually going to be a scary rather than all scary i think operation annihilate refers to them trying to destroy them not them trying to destroy the people i know but it's just crap it's absolutely crap. You don't put I'm, that in, and I, I don't know what's wrong. With as the world. I said to those boys, how would you improve it then? Uh, I would turn the episode off. <laughs> I <laughs> would put it back in the disc, and I would never let it play again. No, I mean, Phil. I mean, like, if you were producing the episode, if you were given that on your desk, how would you think that you'd make it better? Uh, I would have looked at the script. I would have found a lighter. No. <laughs> well, I would have set light to it. Yeah. You know. I mean. Already improved. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, Phil. I do agree that I think there are aspects of operational knowledge that there are there are flaws with it. There are but, bits of sense. Yeah. Like I say, the bit with um, Spock, I still have issues with Yeah, that it. doesn't make any sense. So I've got to well, when he gets like, attacked oh. and he gets hurt. Yeah, the... Oh. You got, again, it's 60s. They have limited resources. That mm. you've got oh, I know work. they've got limited resources, but I mean, that was pathetic. It was, I'm sorry, but it just. It, and I'm, I've given it a chance. I've Trust me. <laughs> it's universally hated by pretty much most Star Trek. Which one? Spud Green? Voyages. It's pretty much most. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Universally hated by mo- probably most Star Trek. Mark, true, true, should we true. go on to your second choice? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say this 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 choice of mine, you've got, I've got to contextualise it. <laughs> and it, it kind of harks back to what we were talking back uh, about the, the about the 90s and about how good the 90s were for Star Trek fandom. Uh you were on the back of DS9, Voyager, uh, it was in t- ended in 2001. Uh, it seemed to be really, the, cre- the wave had started to crest and kind of mm-hmm. uh, wash out. Uh, but for me, Star Trek Nemesis, it's not because it's a bad film. I think it's because as a Star Trek fan growing up, I was totally aware of the odd number, even number uh, movie curse. And for me, uh, you know, when start when I remember going to the cinema, yeah, and uh, watching um, uh, watching uh, Star Trek Insurrection, I'm coming out thinking, okay, that was mediocre at best, uh, mediocre Star Trek one. So this next one is going to be brilliant because if, if by logic, Star Trek Six mm. was amazing, Star Trek Seven mediocre, Star Trek First Contact fantastic, you know, and we had a, the very beige film that was Insurrection. So I was like. Yes. Okay, and, and and I remember getting Star Trek magazine, um, the UK version of Star Trek magazine that was out, and and, and flicking through and seeing any little hint of pre-production and what they were going to do with it, and and I was so hyped. Right, the Romulans finally we're going to have a movie about the Romulans. Uh, we're going to explore that side, and then I remember going to see it. I remember coming out of it. I was so disappointed by it, and I, I think it was that kind of letdown. It, it's oh. not that uh, it's it's not that I'm angry. It's like that thing your you know your parents say to you. I'm not angry with you, Mark. I'm just very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's that, that that level of kind of just let down. So let down See, I, I actually really liked it. I really really liked Nemesis. Um, I don't know what it was. I've, I've always thought it was a very good Trek film. Mark, I think I know why. Is it? Does it? Is it the same? Oddly, it, it, I love the way that you argue that you complain about next gen and these voyages, and then it's like you have a problem that like that ruins next like next gen. Your memory yeah. of the the series. Yeah, it, 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 it ruins it, it, it with like data's death. I, I kind of see what you get. I know what you mean, but it, mm. it's odd because my golden age of next year it kind of finishes because I remember this I went to a, a nearby town Lee and my, like one of the first proper Star Trek DVDs I bought unfortunately was like the two disc uh, next um, Nemesis and that's mm-hmm. like one of my first kind of ah so I've got a bit of a special thing about that and I've still got it and it's, oh, it's I'm quite, quite yeah. nostalgic about that still so it's a bit of a weird thing mm. because I, again I'm with these boys no, for I think me. with you as well I, I yeah. like it yeah, but it, it, but I can see what you're saying. It's like 
why did you kill him? There's no point. Why did you kill him? Why did you kill the, Data? There's no need. I was devastated by Data's death. There's a lot. Yeah. There's I was no, devastated the, for that. Sorry, go on, go on. You were saying you. I was just saying, when I first walked um, through Star Trek, when Simon Strong first contacted the Nemesis, that was become my favorite character. It's like, oh, they just, sorry, it's kind of but the one, the one thing again, the one thing that really annoys me, and again, this is you, you're someone that is there, and you, you know your track history. You've seen all the episodes, and you're going into the other thing, going right. How are they going? This is going to be the last hurrah of the next generation crew, and suddenly you've got the the. the I, I like Riker's wedding, or Riker and Troy's wedding. I thought, oh, we're off to a good start here. The assassination scene at the start, I think, oh, this is interesting. Where is this going? And then suddenly. Um, they discover another data, and nobody brings up. Could it be lore? Nobody mentions lore. It's like, what? What? No one. Nobody ever brings it up because it could be lore. Like you know, this could. And it's there's a brilliant website called a uh, brilliant YouTube channel called Red Letter Media, and this guy called Mr. Plankett, and he does these kind of in character reviews of all these different movies. He has a seven, he, he picks apart Star Wars: The Phantom Menace over seven hours, picking it. Oh my god! It's, no, it's totally worth a watch, though. It's amazing how he dissects it in such a way that it's absolutely fantastic. But he does a, he does a load of the Star Trek. I send you the links as, but he's a bit tracky, so he knows his track, and he does. He actually pulls apart First Contact. He makes you look at First Contact and go. Why the Picard of First Contact is completely different from the Picard of the TV series, but I digress. Anyway, I just I think that Nemesis uh, just let me down so much, uh, and I'm just so disappointed with it. And uh, uh, sometimes when I watch, I don't kind of. It's one of those Star Trek movies I don't rewatch that often. I re- I, I rewatch Star Trek Five more often than I watch Restart because I know Star Trek Five is it's crap. I know it's terrible. <laughs> I know I know that's what, I, I watch it because it's crap. It's kind of like it's so bad, it's good. It's good, that's, yeah. th- that's what Star Trek Five. Whereas Star Trek yeah. Nemesis, you think they had had their cloud. And for me, if you look at that year, two thousand and two, it came out, and it was kind of the, it was the mark of the end of the golden age, and we were going into the slow death of Trek, and yeah. it died in two thousand and five, and it hasn't really it come was, back yet. We're still waiting for the new TV show, and it's got pushed back again. So it was, it's like the embodiment of. It's death, isn't it? It's like the kind of yeah. figurehead of it. I think yeah. that was the issue with it. Because oh, it's like the voyage of, ended, yeah. and that was the last thing there. And I think all of it went to that, and everyone went, oh, hate that. Oh, you killed you killed one of my favorite character. Mm. That's you. You're done for. Yeah, I can sort of see where you're coming from, Mark. Mark. I can totally understand why you're that way. It's the beginning of the end. Beginning of the end. Yeah. And overall, if it's it, it, again to bring it back to Destination Star Trek, I think uh, was that the the Next Generation uh, cast talk in Destination Star Trek London, uh, twenty fourteen, and the Next Gen cast were up there, and somebody was asked them about why do you think Nemesis didn't work, and a lot of the actors were just like oh, and then Marina Sardis just straight up went because the director was an idiot. Come on, we all know it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, um, at who at the end of that round, who's won our wild card? <laughs> well, I've got, I've got, you know, because I really don't want to give it to these other boys just because I'll never hear the end of it. I oh, really want to hear the end of it. Raven Peter, come on. Nemesis, I could stand. I, I think I have got to give it to Phil just for some reason. Yes. Otherwise, again, I won't hear the end of that either. But your real choice is, unfortunately, you're a parasite. Because it's like, if I don't give something to either of them, I'll hear the end of it forever. And, and 
might not think that because I think it's yeah. Phil. <laughs> so in other words, Phil, he's giving it to you because you deserve a point, but really he's going with bad choice. I'm not. I said that either. Uh, no, it was secretly so one and secretly deep down he realises the There you go. I'll tell you one thing, Simon. Uh, uh, it's funny you mentioned there, Bob, going and buying the DVDs. Because for me, part of Trek, uh, like, um, I used to watch Star Trek when it came out on video. And when they, and the episodes came out two by two. And, you literally, and uh, the guy who owned the video shop in my town, my wee town, and it's called Nuri, he was a big Trekkie. And he used to get every single episode in. And I, I would go down. He would keep them for me as well. So I go went the next one out and go. Oh, it's coming out this Saturday, so you can come on down. So I would go down and I would watch the Star Trek DS9 and Voyager as they came out two by two by two every weekend or whatever. Like when they were on the that's that that was magic. You know, I, you I, I watched the reruns on BBC obviously, but that was just ma- that was buying, magic. Yeah, buying you wanted and having three episodes having. Like video art, I so say there's a there's a Twitter Twitter account so just for video art. Oh, dude, what's that called? Actually, I'm gonna follow that. That sounds um, cool. Oh, I think Stephen brought it up. Or Clive, some some. Oh, if you can oh. find, post it. Well, definitely send it to me. That sounds class. Will do. Yeah. I'll, I'll send that to you. And it's just it's that age where you look at the video art and you kind of go, oh, wonder what that's all about. <laughs> and you, you, with it being on Netflix, it just it's not it's the not same. same. It's uh, all if given it's to you. too accessible these days. Yeah. There is that no wait. It's instant gratification. That's the yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one too. Yeah. So at the uh, end of that, yeah, I think Mark, you were the most persuasive out of three of you. So I Mark think is the one hundred and one winner. Job yep. well done, I think. Oh, well, my mind was to get at least one of mine in there, so I'm happy. I'm content. <laughs> I'm just glad I got pavement pizzas. I never have to talk about them again. They're stuck in 101. I'd never have to watch the episode again. It's done. <laughs> we, we've never forced you to. I have watched it three times so. to give it any shadow of a doubt that I liked it or not. <laughs> I still think it's I tell you, there's one episode of Star Trek I've never watched. Really? Yeah, one episode, and yeah, I refuse to watch it. And I, and I, do you know why? It's one of those ones Trek I would um, is it grey matter? Well, or shades of grey. Shades of grey. Shades of grey. Oh, it's, it's the clip show episode. It's the only episode I won't watch because it's the clip show episode. I just I'm not going to bother. We said our worth... opinion changed to that one. Huh? Yes, it's a terrible episode, but it's not the worst one I've seen. I, I've got to be honest. Up to Sarah, who actually said, "Well, actually, hang on a second Sarah from the Tricky Girls, by the way. Oh wow. You know, and when we did the season review, when me and Simon watched it, we thought, well, actually, this isn't that... Yeah, it's a terrible episode, but it's not actually as bad as we thought. What's worse? Hmm? What's put worse? It way, put it this way. I'd rather watch Shades of Grey again than these are the boys. Inside Icarus Factor was kind of... The mm. worst one. Oh, yeah, that one. Because that one's... Yeah, I think... Yeah. And obviously, when you know the history behind Shades of Grey, it's because of the writer's strike and they needed yeah. it. Mm. So. Once if you I... put that into it, you kind of forgive an awful lot. Mm. You know, and, and even even Berman and Bragg said, you know, we, we 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 didn't think it was good. We, you know, we knew that fans wouldn't like it. It wasn't how it was meant to be, but they didn't have much. And oh. I think because because of peak performance, because that was yeah. an expensive episode, they spent a lot of money on it. That was the other problem because they literally, like, we've got no money left now, budget wise. Mm-hmm. Let's just do a clip show. It's, it's, it's the done thing in American television. But here, what's the the? Um, have you guys seen Chaos on the Bridge? By the way, no. no. Okay, Chaos in the Bridge is the documentary. It's worth downloading. And if you want to get a good insight about how fractious and how almost Star Trek Next Generation didn't really almost work out, 
it's a, it's narrated by William Shatner and it's got all the key players interviewed. It's got uh, Patrick Stewart, it's got Rick Berman, it's got all the producers, all the writers um, talking about how Gene Roddenberry was a, 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 an absolute tyrant to get you know when it became really? oh god, it, it, it's one of those ones. But tell you what, it's a brilliant. It's, a, it's definitely worth a watch if you love knowing how the production of these things have happened and and the reasons behind certain things. Uh, you know, uh, and the reason why kind of Star Trek takes a different direction in season three. It makes a lot more sense when you watch this, and it's br- it's a brilliant ep- it's a brilliant uh, uh, documentary. So, dude, it's narrated by Shatner himself. So, uh, do check, check it out. out. Chaos on the bridge. That'll be something for the weekend, lads. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> worth- it's so worth a watch. Brilliant. So, I think that's the end of it. Back down. Not the end of it. No, what am I about, Mark? How can people find you? That's what I was going to say. Oh, yes. People can find me in Belfast. I drink in a pub called The Sunflower every Tuesday. I'm oh, always... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, you, if you go into the pub in Sunflower, if you go into the pub on Union Street in Sunflower and ask for Mark, they'll know where I am. So, no, I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, my main, my main handle on Twitter is uh, HughesMS. That's HughesMS. Uh, on Twitter, um, I've been on Twitter for ten years now. God, uh, <laughs> and uh, and I've been on uh, Instagram. Um, it's HughesMS86. Um, yeah, but if you are in Belfast and it's a Tuesday night at the Sunflower Pub, I run a, a music night there. I run a ukulele session. And it's, Next uh, time we're in Belfast, we'll look you up. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's it's good, it's good fun, and and uh, I'll be out and about a lot of conventions uh, in in Belfast, uh, and hopefully coming over to England for a few uh, in the next couple of months. So yeah, MCM, the Showmasters ones, I'll I'll be knocking about. Yeah. And then um, there's obviously uh, Geek Pride as well website. So look up his um, work on there because that's always fantastic. And I've read through an awful lot of it and enjoyed it and stuff. And Thank you. well worth it. Thank you very much. Uniforms and whatnot and last convention need i go on and like you said earlier pop vinyl pop vinyl figures and whatnot yeah, which i'll definitely be checking out oh you won't believe it's just it's funny when you mentioned it, i was like yep I'm, I'm with you there <laughs> so um we'll put the notes in the title and the show notes and whatnot on yeah. here so you, you'll be able to find him um so that's been another random episode of the engaged podcast yeah. i think that went reasonably well yeah enjoyed it and I really enjoy I actually really really enjoyed that uh, it's 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 very rare I actually get to talk about Star Trek to people because all my friends are quite normal <laughs> and, and well, they know you're, 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 you're with us now so exactly it's you, know, <laughs> you have no idea it's one of these things I, I've got even my girlfriend um she, like they all know I do this. They all know I have got the costumes, and I go to the, I collect the things, and I have uh, uh, all the stuff. But uh, they, it's they, a whole uh, world. they just, and I, one of the, the beautiful thing, I remember being at the Trek convention, and we're at a bunch of us all having drinks, and we were talking about episodes and stuff, and technology and designs, and I was just like, this is great. Why don't I do this more often? <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts. Anyway, but that is absolute pleasure, lads. Yeah, definitely, well, we'll definitely sure have me back. back. I'd love to be back yeah. on. Definitely. Um, oh, you will. Don't you worry. Cheers, mate. <laughs> As I say, I've been Simon. I've been Jamie. And I've been Phil. And I've been Mark. Had... On. And so... it's been another episode. Yeah. So hope you enjoyed, guys. And we'll be back soon. Bye. See you bye. soon. Bye. Bye. Long and prosper. <laughs>